Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. I'm Damien Fleming and today we're going to chat men's ashes. Both England and Australia undecided with their 11 for the first test at the Gabba. We're going to catch up with a legend of Australian cricket, Lisa Stalaka, talking about Elise Perry-dominated women's ashes test. Who has kicked or nicked for the Aussie batting spots? England in danger of being undercooked by a weak build-up. Hodgie's social media self-promoter award and also our guide to international flights on the back of the Socceroos and their plane, the way that sportsmen should travel overseas and also the bane of assistant coaches everywhere, throwdowns to batsmen. But joining me as always, a man who's ticked off more Big Bash teams than anyone in the history of the competition. He's actually actually going backwards and he's rejoined his club of origin, the Melbourne Renegades. Big round of applause, only me and you. Bradley Hodge. Yes, thank you, Flem. Thanks, Flem. Journeyman. Uh, yeah, I look. Define journeyman for me. If you act well, I think if you look up on my cricket profile, I think I'm up. I think I've got 19 first class teams or yes. T20 teams. I'm not sure if does it count if you go back to the team that you've actually. Well, left? you know, the pro- I've had tweets from the other 18 teams. Yeah. They're pumped. They thought once you finish your job, you're moving you're done. on. They're thinking you come back. Can you do all 18? Well, it's possible. Twice. I don't think I can, but it's possible. I'm happy to. I'll be. I'll be honest. I'll be open to anyone with a high speed. That's it. That's the way it works. Hey, so, what about the process? You finished with the strikers. Yep. Was there any unknown period, or were you pretty confident you'd get another gig? No, no, no. I, look, there was an unknown. I wasn't sure whether I was going to play on or not. Um, but that was the, the text from Melbourne Renegades. Yeah. No, no. Or was that the Gurdjieff line, <laughs> seeing whether they can resign? <laughs> I don't know who it was. Uh, yeah. So, what was the process? Well, the process was that I thought that if I continue to play well, which in last year's Big Bash, then and I can continue to have an impact in the con in the competition. Then I'll consider playing on. I don't think that I want to be holding up any younger players, but the thing is that the way I sort of think, which is really good, is I see myself as a teacher also. So not only as a player, mentor. I'm also there to mentor and get I these like younger it. players up to speed as quickly as possible. And at the Renegades, we've got some people who, you know, will aid in that. There's Matthew Short's there. Um, those Cameron, Cameron White. Cameron White's there. He'll he'll need some mentoring. <laughs> Um, he might, yeah, he'll need some mentoring on fishing, actually. That's why I've joined the Renegades. I want to go fishing with the Great White Shark. Because there's a heap of men like, um, Finchie, Dutchie Finchie, Holland. Yeah, Dutchie's fisherman. He's Wade, as well, hasn't Wade he? is a fisherman. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a fisherman, so that's why I've come so, so they can mentor me. Yourself. I live in Blackrock. There's fish right there. Yeah. I should tap into that. Yeah, so exciting for East Sandringham as well. They've got another 
international player. Yep. Haven't they? They've continued on the tradition. They have. It's one from 11. Hey, mate, what about our guide to cricket this week? Batsmen who have been kicking, uh, sorry, kicking or nicking. So the big kicker in this shield round already is Ken Bancroft. He's going to start today, 161, not out. A fine game against New South Wales. He kept as well. He was on the field for virtually the whole four days. No one's kicking more than him towards the first test. I don't think there is anyone else that's kicking. I think they're all nicking. Um, What about George Bailey? George Bailey, look, I think you can look and say, well, what did he get, 100? I'm not sure what he did in the previous two games. Obviously, he nicked them. But you know what George has said? What did he say? He said, my phone's on. Ah. He said, boof, and he said, cracker. He actually used nicknames. He said, boof and cracker, phone's on. Well, he says he's undefeated in Test match career. Five tests and the Ashes, they won five. Yeah, but look, unfortunately, I think we've seen the best of George okay. in the Test okay. matches. Like myself, you uh, you can you can hand your phone number out many times, <laughs> but whether they ring or not, it's a different matter, George. So I'd be putting it on silent, mate. Or if 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 any vibration happens, it's not going to be selectors. Um, I think there's some better candidates there. Not that George is. He's a wonderful player. Good character too. I like how he threw that. Good out guy. Of. I love it too. There's a bit of banter you know there. Who that was? Oh, no, it was George. Bailey. It was George. He wants to. Yeah. Bales, you play the shield game. Stop texting us here at the Bolology Report. Mm. Hey, talk about kicking. There is another guy, and guess what? He just goes around his business quietly. 800 runs, an average of 42 last year. He's already scored 100, a great 86 against Tassies. Marcus Harris. Yes, he needs to be considered. He, this is a guy that just scores runs. He's pretty aggressive. He's a bit. That's what I like, and we'll keep talking. Talk about Harris, and we'll talk about mm. where they can where they can potentially bat as well. Well, he's a bit bull Warner like, isn't he? When he was the bull, not the Reverend. Yeah, um, he, I think the bull's back. Ah, oh, that's good. That's good to know. Anyway, um, look, I like Marcus Harris's game. He's uh, he scores runs, and if you you know you look at his stats, the eight hundred runs last year, opened the batting at forty two, which is pretty good. Um, off to a pretty good start this year. Had a couple of good JLT performances. I like this kid. I reckon he's a very good prospect for the future. And only 25. Made a tough call to come over to, to Victoria, coming from Perth, which is not easy to escape JL's graph. JL's. No way. Imagine that Imagine that conversation with JL. I'm going. Well, you're no chance. He would yeah. have been handcuffed to a pole there at Subiaco and said, good luck. He's you can a get black across belt, the border. Go for origami, I think, JL. You don't <laughs> want to mess with him. You get bad paper cuts. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Knicks, um, Sean Marsh, Cartwright, Maxi, Finchy, Maddo opening eight again. Like, seriously, can they look after him? What is can the, they just drop him down the order? Has there been, any, has there been anyone from New South Wales listening to this podcast for the last couple? Because we have... We have I given you the I blueprint. Goes to Sydney, doesn't it? I hope so, because we've given Nick Maddinson the blueprint of how he, he could be sitting in that test number six this week. He but could. they've I don't know what they've done. They put Daniel Hughes at six. He's yeah. opened the batting. Yeah. They've all clunked and they've all missed their opportunities. What about Cam Bradencroft? And I also reckon um Harris is in this role. Bancroft's in a good position. People are talking about him either opening, batting six or wicket keeper. Look, from my point of view, if he comes into the side, he's been a bit of a bolter. Um, but he was on the fringe two years ago. Yeah. They went with Joe Burns. A couple of just so-so seasons. But yeah. he's a good player. He is going to play for Australia. But um, we'll go on to the, the wicket. But what about Matty Renshaw? Like, Matty Renshaw's last innings in Australia was 184. He's 21 years of age. He's had six tests in the subcontinent. I know he hasn't got going, but for me... I still think he deserves a go. I think he's done really well. 
I think if you said that you're going to play six tests in the subcontinent, you're an opening batter from Brisbane, uh, and you come away with those numbers, you'd be fairly comfortable. Because he got enough starts, he didn't cash in. Well, to me, his technique, unfortunately, he looks he looks like a bit of a nicker. I think he's a guy which can expose. He plays and misses a hell of a lot, and that's common knowledge around, isn't yep. it? But what but happens? He's very unflustered. Doesn't care. No, he doesn't. That's what I do. But what happens if those balls start taking the edge? That's where I get concerned. I'd like to see. It's just you're going to have a runabout, and sooner or later you're going to come under pressure. For me, I don't think that. For me, I don't think Bancroft comes in and opens the batting. I think that he's in there. If he's going to keep, he bats at the number six or seven slot. Yep. Um, he's, his stats there are undeniable. It's, yep. it's a fantastic start. He's coming against the full-strength New South Wales when they skittled everyone else. He made 90. He's backed it up again with, I think he moved on 170 just recently. Okay. And um, mm. to me, that just screams out, to, it's, not a, it's not a mismatch. It's just like, hey... I've come and got ninety. I'm now on 170, not out. I want to. I'm ready to play, and okay. I think that that's for all me, we can do, really. Yeah. Well, but the other debate is though. I don't want him keeping. Well, I want a specialist keeper. Now the keeping update: Wadey out for five, Neb out for seventeen. Yeah. So young Carey will be trying to back in at the whacker. But it's interesting. Before I go to bed each night, I, I go to my cricket library wow. and I just pick do. it out. Just to put me to sleep, not that it's a boring, is the inside edge by the great Rod Backus Marsh. Right. <laughs> and so after the 82 83 season, it's obviously not his autobiography. No. He knows he's not retired. It's not yet. a diary. He's not, so he's not going to, it's not quite, it's a little bit of a diary, but it's only 120 pages uh, thick. And and half of them are photos. Right. So I reckon Bacchus has he was gone. Too, he was drinking his cans with DK. Have a couple of cans. <laughs> I just want a little bit of an earner before my autobiography. I love it. Do you know what I mean? 120 yep. pages. But what about this? I was startled last night reading this, so I couldn't sleep. Page 47. And for all you people out there that have got the book, go and get it, please. Go to page 47. Laurie wants Marsh axed. So Marshy goes, I was out in the day's play, an important one day, then I saw the headlines and I thought... The hackles rose. Don't know what that means. You bastard, I thought. This is back as talking about Bill Laurie. Yeah. He was saying, I haven't made enough runs to keep my spot in the one-day series. Laurie said that I should be given the heave-ho in favour of Wayne Phillips. Quote from Bacchus Marsh, Wayne Phillips, Christ, he's a lovely young bloke who'll make a lot of runs for South Australia and Australia, but put him behind the stumps at a crucial stage of the simply because he can bat doesn't make sense to me. Don't get me wrong, Phillips can handle a pair of gloves, but he's strictly emergency wicketkeeper at this stage. Now, this is a wicketkeeper's Bible. Wow. If the selectors aren't reading this book, now he's a former selector, you know, maybe he made yep. some poor selections last year. That's for debate. This is peak. Rod Marsh. This I, is when he's playing. This I, is a Bible. I'll tell you what he didn't make. He made a great decision selecting me for Australia T20 at the age of 39, coming in representing Australia in T20 in Bangladesh. So well done there, Rod. Um, that is a blueprint for the selectors. If they don't read that tonight, um, is it? Hey, oh, who's this? I think we've got another caller. It's Wayne from Adelaide. Wayne, have you got something to add to uh, Inside Edge? Rob Marsh's uh, not quite autobiography, cash in, tour diary of 82, 83. Well, he was saying that Bill Laurie wanted him out of the one day through lack of um, runs, and he said he 
Laurie wanted a young fellow called Wayne Phillips, and this is quote after he said that Rod Marsh went, Christ, Wayne's a lovely fellow and will get a lot of runs for South Australia, but he's an emergency keeper at best. You're from Adelaide. What, what do you think about those comments in hindsight? Does he have a moustache as well? Do you have a moustache as well, Wayne? It, and, that's, you know, that's actually Wayne Phillips. It, it's not, is it? Yeah. It's not, not the ball one who played one test, is it? It's the, is it the ball one? Hey, Flipper, uh, on a serious note, around that time, um, you got given the gloves, you, you've already smashed 100 on debut, you make what Wisden, I think you made the Wisden top five greatest hundreds of all time, where you hit the West Indies for 100 off 20 balls, I think it was, hitting every one of them for six. Um, but you look back in hindsight, and we're talking about Bancroft and Peter Hanscom potentially taking the gloves, what's your gut feeling with all that? Pretty sad. Oh, Flip, thanks a lot for, for bringing in as well. That was a real pleasure, Wayne, from Adelaide there. And um, and just quickly, the uh, the day-night test match in Adelaide, how many speaking gigs do you have for that? <laughs> have you got any time to fit another one in? See, Flip. What a legend. I used to love watching Flip play when he was young. Great guy. Um, and he's maintained the mullet. He's maintained the rage. Yeah, well, he was he was actually just been in Dubai um, for the Lord Taverner's uh, promotion they do over there to try and raise money. Um, Adam Holyoke was there, a few legends from England. And uh, my sister happened to be there, and she ran into Wayne oh, from wow. Adelaide. How good that? And said how, how much of a wonderful guy Flipper is. And yeah. he is a true legend of the game. Funny, funny man. Yeah. And uh, we love his didn't stories. Didn't buy Inside Edge by Rod Marsh. Obviously, clearly tape. didn't. Um, was obviously sliding Bill Laurie a couple of sheets, you know, at night time. So, yeah, there's a couple of 20s or 50s that you can have, son. Um, pick me in the side. Hey, uh, what about next up with uh, with the, the Aussies? The one thing I am very confident with is the Quicks. Mm. They're up there in Brizzy. Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, Jackson Bird. It's the fast bowling cartel with Nathan Lyon. Yeah. Very comfortable where they are. They've got enough bowling under their belt. Probably Josh is the one that only had the one shield game. But as Mitchell Stark was quoted as saying, he just hit it on a dime straight away. This is our big strength, isn't it? It is. It'll be the, the ability of England's top six to negate them or... I've got no problems we can get 20 wickets. No problems at all. I think our attack is oh, the best in the world. Uh, any batsman who looks at that attack doesn't want to face that. You've got variety, you've got pace, and you've got a, a spinner which is in dynamite form. The one thing that will be questioned was whether whether Australia can bat for long enough and give them long enough rest periods. Our tail, I guess, probably all average, but about t- 25. Yeah, but that'll tire them out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that, I mean, they do bat really well, don't they? Well, they do, and I guess that's the important of the number six position. That it's it's look, it's not when you're you know four for two hundred and ninety, what sort of position you know you're in. It's it's once you've bowled a team out for two hundred, and then you find yourself one for one hundred and twenty. Yeah. That's when you, or, I mean, four for one hundred and twenty. That's when you want your number six to step up and and give your bowlers some rest and time. So that's where technically your number six needs to be really important. It's such an an important position. We've seen the numbers. We've brought the numbers out recently. We're averaging about 23 over the last four years. It's not great, which means the bowlers are doing too much yes. work. Um, not only are they bowling well, they're, they're an outstanding lineup. But hey, we need them to bat less. Where do you see England? Um, quick info, nice little article there saying that, um, that their instability um, with the injuries going into this first test it has to be a major concern. They played on slow surfaces against two modest teams, haven't they? So yep. I don't see too many positives that got out of it. We know James Anderson can bowl. Yeah, uh, Wokes the all rounder ran through them at the Adelaide Oval as well. I think he'll be handy out here, and he'll get them runs. But it's the it's the top five again, and with if Cook doesn't get runs, Root will get runs. Yeah, he's a good player. Now we don't know about Stockman, Milan, uh, Vince at three. You know, it looks like he's a beautiful driver of the ball, but is he going to nick the avenue of apprehension that Cummins and Hazelwood and all that are going to bowl yeah. into? How, how do you see that playing? Oh, for me, Cook's huge, and he's actually just been getting out in the tour so far, which, look, I'm not bothered by that. He's a good player. He's yeah. probably not even interested in warm-up games, let's be honest. He's probably just here. He's geared up for the first test. He knows what he has to do. I'd be a little bit concerned there. If those guys get exposed to this new ball with Stark... Cummings and Hazelwood. Yeah. They're in a pile of trouble. Um, I'm not sure these guys are technically up to it to get past those guys if they're on fire. Cook, to me, is a guy that can bat for five or six hours, walk off at the end of the day carrying his bat, you know, five or six down for 340 at the end of play. He can bat around him. That's the best of Cook. If they get the best of Cook, they are in this series. Because, you know, if they get down to, to balance an alley with runs on the board, they score quick. They do. Wokes bats fairly well. Yep. Um, look, that's the issue. The only way that they can win this Test Match series is if they keep our attack out there for yep. one and a half days most times during the Test Match. But the quality of our attack, I'm just not seeing that happen. I think it, I think we'll get 10 wickets in a day or just past the day without any issue. Well, they didn't train on Monday. Mo and Ali and Tom Curran had a net, so... Obviously, Karen just needs to get some deliveries under his belt. Yep. No one Ali has to prove his fitness. The rest of them went paintballing, or Alistair Cook, the captain, went to Billabong Sanctuary to the wildlife. Yeah, I reserve. saw that. I saw. I saw. A what photo. would you be your preference, paintball? Or? Oh, I would have gone. I would, look, where are they? They're in Townsville, aren't they? Yes. I would have chosen Wet and Wild or something a little yeah. bit more spectacular than uh, cuddling a koala or, or paintballing. I'm, I'm not sure that. We'll go to Andrew Simons' joint. Yeah, go there. Go see Simmer. Yeah, or you know, ring ring a couple of the Queenslanders, take some rifles out and shoot some wild boars. Oh, that's, what, that's what generally they do. Simo does all the time. He would have shown him a good time. Jeff Thompson used to train like that. Yep. Uh, Fed him, what, 10, 15, 4X cans? That would have been great. Mid-strength. Yep. Mid-strength. Mid-strength. You know, they're professional these days. Uh, injuries you were talking about as well. They've brought over George Garton, a left-arm slinger that looks like he's only played nine first-class games. I'd be surprised if he played, but it's a bit of probably Mitch Stark practice as one of the bats goes we lost the bat. Was that the Cooker or the no, Grand Nichols? it was the Cookerborough, I think. Yeah, I didn't get any runs with that anyway. Nah, you weren't with Kugelbara for a long while. Uh, I was there for three years. Right. And um, 
I, w- I was I wanted to keep signing up, but uh, Rob Elliott, the boss, was quite intimidatory. I was only playing Victoria. I didn't want to ring him up. Mm. The end of my contract, and I happened to mention it to David Emmons, uh, yeah. Emerson, Emerson, yeah, who was a Victorian player, but he was our marketing manager. He goes, "Don't worry, mate, I'll sort you out." So he rang Swan Richards, you know, the yes, great legendary yes. Swan Richards of Crusaders, um, and I'm thinking, "Oh, we'll, we'll see who, you know, try some bats and see mm. how we go." Swan comes down next day in training with all the gear, right? right? And it was Eastern gear. Yes, yeah, so I remember they were into hockey. Merv was there. Didn't big. they take over from Ulysses? Or was that a different one? No, that's company? a different one. Right. And um, so this new gear, Easterns, instead of me just trying bat, Swan's just, and I couldn't say no to Swanee. He's no a legend. Chance. So I used this bat, couldn't hit it off the square, you know, bat and bat and bat and just couldn't bat. And I got to about three quarters through the year and I rang Swan up and I said, mate, um, sorry. I'm sorry about this. Yeah. But I, I need to get a new bat. He goes, you know what Swanee's like. Yeah. He goes, yeah, no, don't worry about that. You know, that, that, that was just a marketing <laughs> bat. It was an autograph bat. I've been using an autograph bat for three quarters of the year. Thanks, Swan Richards. Is that how you mastered the chip over the bowler's head? Yeah, because you knew had, you couldn't actually get it to the no boundary. Power. Yeah, three quarters of the year I used it. I battled in there that hard. <laughs> but um, so there'll be a practice there. I tell you what, there is some rumours though. There's some rumours that Stokes, Ben Stokes, will be back for the third test. What's the difference between the first and the third? How's it? Well, is he not legally allowed to come out? That's pretty important. Well, I don't know. I'm just hearing rumours. I don't know what they are, whether it's the broken finger won't be right till then or hand right. or whether the ruling will say that you're suspended to this period. Uh, you know, because there's starting to be some headlines over there saying he can be rehabil- rehabilitated by playing. As soon as right. I saw that, I went, mm, I think he's getting touched up. And he obviously made 100 there at the Wacker. So um, that would be, if, if they're one all yeah. or one nil down, yeah. Um, that'd be such a bonus to getting back. Well, that might be test. that might be a guide too. How to go and smack someone and then okay. and then rehabilitate you through playing through club playing. cricket on Saturdays. I think he's either doing that. He's at the Wacker or he's fighting Conor McGregor in Las Vegas around that time. Either one of them will be good, I good to watch. Both be good. Be good to watch. I, I, I don't think he'd be out of against Conor. Hey mate, uh, we were talking last week about uh, well, I called it an epidemic with the uh, the back injuries. Twenty three point two percent of fast bowlers were out. That wasn't just back injuries; everything like that. Um, and later that day, Nathan Coulter-Noel ruled out for a period of time with another stress fracture, but yeah. he's thirty. Yeah, right. Jason Berendorf pulled out of the last game uh, with back soreness. Yeah. We're hoping for Jace it's not too bad. Well, I've heard he's got. I've heard he's had hot spots for a while. Yeah, uh, I thought he played that twenty twenty game. I thought he's just managing these hot spots, but it sounds like I, I don't know much about back injuries or fast bowling. But I imagine if you've already got hot spots, then this soreness would have been flared up from yes. minor stress fractures, I guess. But so we it's hope hard. Not. just going on from last week and uh, former uh, Somerset quick Stephen mm. Jones. Does a lot of was he that quick? I faced Steph, and he was more of a medium pace. Yeah, I, I don't, onto your bat. I don't know. I, I think yeah. I played a county game against him. I did get six for thirty-five, but yeah. um, <laughs> we'll talk about you. But he did put an interesting um, article on Instagram. I think it was. No, sorry, LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Are we building fragile bowlers? And what what's happening now is I reckon we're seeing the first generation of bowlers that have come through under modified. Overs program? Yes. So are we, and these are questions I don't know, but are we actually um, saving more young bowlers that 20 years ago would hurt their back and not play cricket again? Yeah. Are we retaining more of them, 
But with all these stress fractures later, mm. is it actually forcing stress fractures later? Because there's a school of thought that as bad as getting a stress fracture at 15 or 16 is, at least you get out of the way early. Get it out right? of the way. And, and it rebuilds and the actual bone regenerates, gets thicker and right. more resilient. So by actually not having injured bowlers early, does it actually just force it further down the track? I don't know. We talked about, you know, the old school versus the new school. This is basically what the article is about. You know, the old school of training versus the new modified um, S&Cs coming in, modifying all bowling loads. Uh, I mean, we've been running around with tracking devices these days to show us how many kilometers we actually cover across the turf. Um, And that impacts on your training as well. I'm not sure what... I, I like talking to you about this. Uh, it's an interesting topic. There, there's no solution. I, I don't well, know what it is, I, but I, no, I, don't, I disagree with that. Uh, you, yeah, but you're sort of going. So Fox Sports rang with that article, and then Alex Contouris, who's a lovely fellow, lovely guy, lovely fellow, he responded to my comments, yeah. and what he basically said was, you know. There's no way we can halve it. It's always going to be between 15% and 25% injury rate. And I'm going, no, that's I think not that's, good enough. We've got to that's try. That's not good enough. That's right. We've if, got to if, try. If the police have... And he did say it's no different than the injury rate back in 95, 96. Well, if it's no better... Then what do you, what, why what change? We, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, I'm, so you're only... And, and I'm not anti. Like, I'm a big fan of sports science. Yep. Yeah, you know, particularly in recovery and mm. um, the data you can get in um, in peak performance. But, you know, what are we what are we training them for? And my interesting... The go, my guide for me are, like, two recently retired players, Brett Lee and Mitchell Johnson. Yes. As soon as they retire, the shackles are off and they go, we don't bowl enough and yeah. we spend too much time in the gym. So why aren't we why aren't we getting the data from those two blokes and saying they're recently retired? You know, Mitchell Johnson even said in his book, I used to fill it in incorrectly, yeah. the overs, because <laughs> I didn't feel I bowled enough. Well, look, I've seen I've seen um Lashik Malinga train. Uh, I've seen Ian Harvey train, who became one of the best one day bowlers, both of them. I'm pretty sure that when they trained 32 balls was a was probably the recommended allocation of what they could bowl. But they never left the track till they nailed the Yorkers or, yep. or the slow balls, which they were known Malinga to be good at. just put his little boots down there and hit them. And train Training all day, and he'd bowl probably 60 to 70 balls, then he'd just walk off, say, okay, coach, and that's it. He's yeah. done. I think you've got to train Do your you skills. Do you gotcha or coach? No, coach, 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 coach. Um, but I think that, look, I think this happened a few – probably Shane Watson was the one which – you know, was the high price profile person, which was probably nurtured through this sort of strength. Jeez, he was quick on his Mate, he was lightning. He was as fast a shield bowler as I faced. Yeah, and it's amazing. He's still bowling now and bowling well in yeah. these T20 leagues. Um, but he had a very, um, he had a very high maintenance action. Very high maintenance. Very high maintenance. So that's different. That's where we, you know, we need sports science, right? Yeah. This counter rotation numbers. I'm a believer in that. We, mm. You know, the more. Um, aligned your hip and shoulders, it's yeah. got to put less strain on your body. So I'm with sports science there. Yeah. It's we, the workload work stuff loads. that I'm um, questioning. And, but my question is, you know, like we need, you need constant um, research numbers because my question is, this is the first generation with these workload numbers. Yeah. Are we forcing stress fractures later? And then what is the best way to go? Are you better getting them 15 and, and getting over it, getting that thicker well, spine, blah, blah, blah? Whereas at 27 or 28, you, you're almost cooked. Well, what it's doing is costing the revenue pool a crap load of money 
shelling out in injury payments. So I mean, that's what it's doing from the ACA. Well, that's another issue. <laughs> and I'm not having to go at the modern day player, but guess what? Well, lot, back in 95, 96, yeah, zero. a lot of blokes played. You know why? Because we didn't get paid. No. Nah, and, and they didn't absolutely. get paid. There's no contracts. They didn't get paid. Nah, if you soldiered through it. Now you can just trip over the cotton wool, be out for a few months and get paid a crap load of money and be happy and spend your money at Bondi Beach. Maybe the spinners, not the quits. We're all <laughs> tough there, but... This is one I reckon might be a constant one, like who's kicking and nicking at number yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. I reckon the fast bowling um, fragility, if that's the right word, uh, will be a constant um, conversational piece through the biology report. And we'll get some experts on. We will. I'll tell you what, what about the women's ashes? There were some great highlights there um, with the scores. Obviously, it ended up a draw, but um, Elise Perry was obviously the main person Stand who out. dominated that? Yeah, um, and hopefully we've got Lisa Stalaker on the line here. But um, two hundred and eighty for the English women, Australia nine for four hundred and forty-eight. Lisa Stalaker, we're just going through the scores of the women's Ashes Test. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Uh, just went through Australia nine for four hundred and forty-eight. You probably, I know you're commentating. You might not have known this, but Elise Perry just punched out two hundred and thirteen. Um, Talia McGrath, 47. Then England, we, we wanted to knock them over, win by an innings, but unfortunately they blocked it out. Two for 206 off 105 overs. Once again, uh, the night, 79 not out. But, hey, Lise, first off, um, what were your thoughts of the whole day-night test match concept, uh, the pitch, the crowd, and, and the quality of cricket? Look, the, the first ever day-night test for, for the women's games, I think, was a success. The fact that we had over 12,000 people attend the game, uh, there was a wonderful atmosphere throughout the four days and nights. Uh, as for the pitch, unfortunately, uh, there just wasn't the bounce and carry that um, both teams would have liked. Have, uh, Australia had played South Africa at North Sydney Oval last year. It was a very exciting game and the bounce and carry was exactly what the Australian team wanted for this test match and unfortunately that just didn't happen. So it meant that the people once they got a little bit older and softer and uh, and if teams bowled full and straight and set a, a defensive field, it was very hard for, for both teams to really score runs freely. So, so Lisa, it was the old North Sydney Highway we were talking about episode two in JLT series. There should be a toll. There should be a batting toll on that. Yeah, I mean, there was no movement for the bowlers. And uh, I think there, there was a, a tendency for both teams that, that really don't get to play test match that very often. Yeah. It's almost like that first innings was a bit of a, oh, how do we do this again? And do I play all my shots? Do I not? And uh, that's why we saw such a uh, slow uh, scoring rate. But I guess the real story of the whole day-night test was the fact that Elise Perry is now the highest uh, individual score in Australian player in Test cricket, 213 not out, and the third highest in uh, women's Test history. Did she mention anything on about the biology report? Bradley Hodge and myself in episode two just said we're loving her batting, mm. but 2250s, uh, no hundreds. Can you go on and get a big one? Yeah. Um, was there was there any mention whatsoever? Well, she did. Like, I, I had the opportunity to see Australia after it. Yeah. After did she have headphones on? Did you off her phone? There you go. Now she look. There you go. Well, there you go. I'm glad we could contribute. Thank God for that because we were talking about we were, we were relating her to Michael Divinudo. We know, were with 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 the percentage of conversion rates. The now, fifty king. 
Now she's averaging 61, 17 with the ball. How good can she be? Can she can she be Bradmanesque in her average? And who's the best who's who's the best bowling? Oh, average, you know right? I'm a big fan of Fred the Demon Spoffle. Can she replicate those two yes. and just be the greatest cricketer of all time? The Don Demon. Can she be the yeah. Don Demon? She she certainly has the, the capabilities and uh, I managed to do a commentary stint with Belinda Clark and she said Elise Perry was made for test cricket. The only problem is that they play so few test matches, mm-hmm. so um, over her 10-year career so far, she's only ever played seven tests. Uh, I guess we'll never really know because the amount of test cricket is so limited for the women's games. But I think you've got to take into consideration that the shortest format dominates. So for her yep. to be able to produce some good scores and with the ball in the shorter format and then step it up in the test just shows what a quality player she is. Well, if you compare it to the greats, it's really hard to do that. But in her own right, her numbers are pretty impressive, aren't they? Well, they're unbelievably impressive. And uh, look, just going on this, the series and the format, we've, we've talked the format up, loving the fact that you play, you know, a point system for one-day cricket, test match cricket in 2020. Do you think do you think you can push that number of tests to, you know, one, two, even possibly three to make that point system even greater? Or the girls love the contest? Look, Dave, you speak to both teams, they want to play more test cricket. They love being in the whites. They love being tested in all facets of, of the game. Um, also, the, the physical and the mental side, something that you certainly do not get in the shortest format. Uh, so I can understand ICC uh, wanting to ensure that the growth globally happens in the game, and T20 cricket is certainly the way forward. But given the fact that England and the Australian women's side are fully professional, and they've got this tradition of the ashes. I don't see why not having three tests. I think, yeah, the girls want to, the, the players want to play more cricket. Why not have the synergy of three ODIs, three tests, three T20s? Still points based, so don't strip it back. Just keep it at points based. And I think then you'd see some really good contests, and, and you'd see probably the second and third test um, some some exceptional cricket being played by both teams. Yeah, definitely. I think I reckon there was a little bit in what you said there with England batting first. I don't think they knew what was the right tempo, not having played for a while and not a lot of it. No, I wouldn't mind that for besides an Ashes year. I wouldn't mind that format from the bench. No, absolutely. Three, three, and three. We love it. Um, hey, Lise, what about um, Matthew Mott? We love Matthew Mott. We played with him for Victoria. <laughs> He's had a go at England. <laughs> Well, here we go, and we'll get your thoughts, and I'll get Bradley's hot thoughts. Matthew Mott has come out and said the England girls uh, scored too slow, 280 off 116 overs. They didn't get their tempo going, didn't set up the game. The funny thing is, this is the pot calling the kettle black. Yep. He's the most boring batsman i played with. Yeah, we, his nickname was the blapper, only the because blapper. he could never hit the ball past the infield. He, we, he, was, he was just a genuine take-the-shine-off-the-ball batter. He had the most probably entertaining personality besides Merv that I played with, the most boring batsman. And, and, and if I had to go in the top three, right, Hodge, that I played with. I'm ready, I'm he's ready. He's actually not number one. Number one is a guy called Darren Ramshaw. Oh, Dar- Darren Ramshaw. He got the slowest 50, slowest 50 ever in Sheffield Shield cricket. Was, uh, it, was it six hours for 50? I don't know. I just fell asleep. Uh, number two is Matthew Mott. I'm going to have to put him in at number three. Yep. Number two. And, and third, this is his first half of his career, and, and, and I don't. I hope he doesn't hear this. He'll get angry at me. But Justin Langer's first half of his career. Oh, yes, yes. I'm telling you. But, you know, as a fast bowler, Lise, 
And you, yes. Well, you're an all-rounder, so you, you won't appreciate this much. I love boring batsmen on my team because that means it's going to be longer till I have to go out there and mm. bowl again. You're going to have steak. The steak can digest when um, Matthew Mott's batting. Well, I used to try and run them out after about 20 overs. So <laughs> <laughs> We had the likes of David Hussey in the shed, Cameron White, Andrew McDonald. You've Moving done your on. job, Blapper. I'm going to run you out and let's get this game moving. That's what we try to do. Hey, but Lise, um, the big question is who won the battle in the commentary box? Who, who mm, do you think big, called big it well? Australia, the Aussie girls or the, uh, or the English girls? Oh, uh, so she takes the cake for that. And then also I managed to wear pink polka dots uh, in the yes. box for the Marama Foundation Day 3, uh, whereas the, the two comms, Isha Gula and Charlotte Edwards, they, they brought nothing to the commentary. See, I thought now. Isha, Isha's got, got a bit of – she's a bit flamboyant about her. I'm disappointed in that. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't really step up, and I was disappointed. I expected some, some nice uh, pink frocks to be – out yeah. uh, pretty plain games for Isha. And then also the girls, we played uh, some golf yeah. prior to day two, and um, I'd say that he's been the one there as well. Oh, yes. Lise, thanks for joining us. We might have drawn the test match, but we've won the battle in the commentary box. Keep it going, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, guys. See you. Yeah. This is the uh, the segment that gets everyone nervous. They're a very nervous spring carnival session. Everyone's yep. too scared to Instagram, Facebook, or or Twitter because yep. you're out there. Any self promotion, you absolutely nail them. So yep. it's the Bradley Hodge Social Media Self Promoter Award. Who have you got for this? I'm week? ready. We've got some serial offenders actually oh, again. Um, but I'm I'm going to lead the way with. Um, I'm going to go in in international for the moment, and that's uh, AB De Villiers kicks us off. Now, A.B. De Villiers has put up a lovely photo of a watch, um, and his comments is, love my new Mont Blanc Summit watch. <laughs> Head to the A.B. De Villiers app to find out more about this On product. his bloody app. On his app. Who has an app anyway? That's a double self-promotion exactly. again. That's going to be big votes. Exactly. I love that. Finding the watch. I love it. And he's um, that big a name. He's doing it on his on app. On his app. So he's double dipping. Oh, he's well double done. dipping. Um, the next one is uh, Paul Nixon. Um, the oh, coach of, of coach of Leicestershire County Career Club now, massive chit chatter. Yeah, shocking behind the stumps. Yes. He was sledge, he's a little bit Darren Berry like yeah. behind the yeah. stumps. Sort of thought. Hey, Chuck. Very aggressive. Um, he was just putting a thank you out to MSC Nutrition Co for the quality products and superb services you provide. Paul, you're a retired cricketer. You're a coach. Give it a rest. Okay. Let the superstars of the game promote that sort of rubbish. But not also, you. just the terminology that he's just reading out what's been sent to him. Exactly. What about a little? You know what? I, you know what I like in a self promotion, and I'll take votes off if you get a little bit of a cricket pun in there. Yes, yes. You know this. Um, you know whatever the product was, keeping me fit to coach. You know exactly. something like that. Something like I'll that. Take some votes off. Yeah, you need some credit there, Paul, to just ramp it up a yeah. fraction. Um, Coaches shouldn't be doing that either. We've got a serial offender here to start, and that is still international, and that's DJ Bravo. Oh, God. Now, DJ's just posted a photo of himself. Uh, that's unlike semi, DJ. Semi-naked with his branded 
DJ 47 hat on. Yeah. Just saying that I'm relaxing in Bangladesh. Champion. Now, champion, we all know that there's absolutely nothing to do in Bangladesh other than yes. sit in your hotel room and, and wear your hat. And wear your hat. Um, it's pretty much all West Indians do anyway, is not get out of their room and uh, sit in there. The, what's the relevance of having your top off? Would that take, no, that's what I'm that saying. take some of the actual focus off the hat? Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's just, it's a self promotion of himself, but the brand. That's it, a double self promotion. It again. is, it is, it is. These um, guys are unreal. Um, Mark Howard gets a mention for uh, his just promotion of his podcast. Apparently. Yeah, I didn't get that. He sent it to us, but it didn't look he didn't look no, like he was direct. He wasn't his podcast. He so wasn't. I didn't get it. But he's secretly wanting us to self promote it on this oh. show. So it's like a double crank for oh, us well, to then. Oh, that's so devious. we've fallen for it, but we're happy to promote you, Mark. Congratulations. We are tracking you down, yeah, son. Well, we are tracking you too. down. Going very well. But, yeah, I didn't get it, but he's he's double-cranked me there. No. Um, anyway, Jason Gillespie <laughs> makes a... Yeah, I noted this one. Yeah. Dizzy come <laughs> on, just saying, welcome to the 200 Club, Elise <laughs> Perry. Dizzy, <laughs> give it a rest, we are. Give it a rest, you know. Although I'd be fair, I'd be disappointed <laughs> in the Dizwar if he didn't do that. Yeah, almost. true. So true. he'll get a vote, but not a big one. No, but, we love um, it. Is it, do you reckon there's something? Does Dizzy have a 200 app that so, that just pings when someone gets a 200 somewhere? He goes, oh, "I've got a tweet." I don't know. Maybe we should oh, ask if him not, about oh, that. Oh, we'll get him on next week. Yeah, let's get him in on. the build up for the first test. Get him on. Uh, two more serial uh, self promoters, <laughs> and they're the same beast, actually. KP and Papa are at it again yeah. in the gym. Um, just don't the, give me bottom half weights. Just doing the same rubbish. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the day you whatever sees the day. Blah 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 blah. But again, both of them have got whoever's in the gym to take the photo of themselves oh, doing it. Geez. Like, give it a rest, boys. Your your careers are nearly finished. And like, get out they, there. Yeah, drink some beer. Yeah. Get on the golf course, KP, like you have done. Yeah, actually, he's been lacking in golf course yes. tweets. Get out okay. of the gym. Get back to the golf course. We want that. Um, I'm just giving them one vote every week now. One vote every week. Yeah. And I, look, I don't know where this one stacks up, but it's got to be an honourable mention. Shane Warner, Mock Clark, collectively, one has put a photo of his pool which has the number 23 in it. That's Shane Warne. Um, just saying it's a wonderful night for a swim. It's This is the best pool I've ever yeah, seen. Boom, we know that. It's, boom, it's, 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 it's a, tw- it's a yeah. $20 million dollar house. Boom, 23. Michael Clark done the same thing Go, with his was, motorbikes. Was pup after that going, well, Warney, if you, I'm going to up you, Warney. Sort of, yeah. yeah. So he's put his motorbikes out there saying it's a wonderful night for a ride. With He's got number 23 printed on... The petrol tank of oh, the bikes. Oh, jeez. So I want to know, it's first a of all, fest. why are they promoting Justin Kaczynski's football number yes. for the Saints, first of all? We'll football. get Cozzy on. I didn't know Pup supported the Saints. No, I know Warney did, but I didn't know that. And I want to know if Cozzy's happy with that because mm. that's his number. He owns that. But anyway, I don't know whether that's a self-promotion or a self-ego award. If you've got 23 in your pool yep. and 23 on your bike, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's a conti- I'm giving them two votes a week. Yes, we love that. Just for that. Okay, let's let's that's get all. that out. So I've given I'll go one to um Pup and KP. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we're gonna have to do a leaderboard next week. Yeah, we might. I don't have think to. Pup's got big votes. No. He's got constant votes. Yeah. Hasn't he? And I think um he wants to win it. Mm. So the the Justin Kosiski, um two votes to Warney and, and Pup. Yeah. Um 
I'm going to give Howie three, Mark Howard, for Howie games because I must admit, when I got it and there was a few likes, I was trying yeah. to work it out. I thought he wasn't outright no. promoting his He's thing, reverse tricked he was, us he's, to he's get onto tri- this show. He has. Um, Paul Nixon, four votes. Yeah. Because uh, give us a pun in there. Coaches yeah. probably shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff. No. Five for the DJ, the double promotion. Yeah. Um, just, just, you know, when he, he could just have a photo of the hat if he really just wanted to promote the hat, couldn't he? He doesn't even need to have, be shown in that five no. there. And six, I don't think, I didn't think when you created this award that we'd be talking about this great man. No. He's one of my favorite players, AB De Villiers, but not only the plugging of the watch to get details, it's not at <laughs> whatever the watch's no. website is, it's Amazing. on his bloody app. Amazing. You know what I see on his app? I want to see how to play the reverse sweep, how to defend, you know, against yep. spin. I don't want to see bloody watches there. It's pure genius. Six votes, AB De Vere's, and um, I'll tell you what, that, I, I, can you monitor his app? Yeah, I will do. And just I'll see if there's anything it. related to cricket. I will. I'll get a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's IG Social Media Self-Promoter Award. Guide 2. Now, first off, our guide to international travel. Now, mm. I was looking at the uh, our Aussie Socceroos who drew over there in Honduras, and well done to them. Uh, they had, they're flying on the Flying Kangaroo. I they did see it. this. And Timmy Carl's getting a massage at the back, and there's solar eyewear, there's lighting and temperature that just at the right time there. And mm. I thought, that's a long way off from when I first started touring for Australia. You know, long back in... Uh, um, you know, it's a long way from Booney sinking 52 cans on the 89. Isn't ashes. it? And Isn't it? I remember we went to the West Indies in 95 and we stopped up at, at England yes. on the way through. And, and Booney didn't really have anything to drink in the first leg. On the second leg, you know, mm. probably just polished off a dozen. Yep. Kids off go. We land in at Heathrow about 9 o'clock, right? So most of us went for a sleep. Um, Tim, uh, David Byrne and Tim May went to, went to the pub, woke up, got there about six. At midnight, Bernie's still going. <laughs> Bernie's still going. I don't even know how many. So then we had to go to the West Indies the next day. Yes. Right? So we book into Barbados, this lovely resort, golf resort like this. Uh, we're all keen to go out. I think we went to Harbour Lights, ah, you know, the popular night. Harbour Whites, isn't it? Harbour Lights, yeah. <laughs> Harbour Whites. Awesome. Uh, not Bernie, though, because Bernie, no we left him. He was in the pool bar, and I've never seen David Byrne this happy. Now, I played in winning test matches with, yeah. with David, and he used to sing the song and yeah. all that. But this is the happiest I ever saw him, right? You picture this beautiful day. I know Bernie where you are. This. You're at the Hilton Barbados. He's in the Hilton Barbados. He's in the pool bar, but what he's got is... He's got this wristband, right? You get this wristband no and you get free food, but in particular for David, you get free drinks. Oh, that's great. You get free drinks, right? So we go at about 6 o'clock. We're coming back at midnight, and he seriously has not left the same area of the pool bar. He might have just done a little <laughs> bit of freestyle to go to the bar and back. Yep. This is the happiest I ever seen. Yep. Pool bar, all you could drink, and he, and he did change from beer is his favourite, but yeah. he liked a bit of rum and ginger beer. Yeah, it's, look, it's a nice treat. Once, once you land on the Caribbean, it's a nice tasting rum, I must say. How far is that from the Socceroos? It's a long way. I, 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 I remember someone who did something similar. That was Andrew Simons when we went to the West Indies as well. And 2007. Yeah, and it's such a long trip. We had to go to St. Lucia, I think, for our – no, St. Vincent, oh, sorry, for our warm-up. It took that long. That Andrew Simons, we got to Barbados, walked out with 24 cold Caribs for the players, you know, on the bus. Wonderful That's why play. his daughter's one of the great team players. Absolutely. Um, so, go, yeah, I, I'm not sure the Socceroos have got the right preparation there. I, I don't. Do, th- do you reckon um, Anne should get them just mixing up a little bit? A little bit of Bo- Can Booney talk to him before tomorrow night's game? 
If well, we win that, if Timmy Carroll header, well, I'm not we're going to need one header in the back of the net and we're off to the World I Cup. I saw them on this plane. There wasn't a lot of socializing. I mean, oh, I, no. what I remember from Booney or the story is that everyone had to come they and spend four to five hours with yeah. him. That's great dialogue for any young yeah. cricketer that wants to learn about how That's the best way to one. get from Melbourne to London. That, that I is... like where you're going there. Mm. Okay, so our guide is actually, um, to a degree, good on your soccer yep. but no, what about some more team-orientated activities? Yep. Like um, they probably can't drink as much as that, but, you know, potentially, you know, um, Trivial Pursuit. Or... Well, I know Qantas and, and um, Emirates are related. I, I would have thought the soccer would have clearly asked for the for the uh, – 747 or Airbus with the bar down the back yeah. for socialising. I think that's highly important. But you can also, because of the interactive stuff, you can actually play games against your teammate mm. on, um, yep. actually on, on board. So just a bit of more team. Hey, uh, our guide too, one bugbear as, as a bowler is how many throwdowns you batsmen get, you know. Yeah. Um, Hodgie, and, and what is the best method? You know, I can see it over years. You, you're throwing and assistant coaches, they blow their arms out yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I know that the sidearms come. Yeah, we got the sidearm now. But I remember years ago, um, John Buchanan took over as coach. Yeah. And the one thing he said he wouldn't do, he said, boys, I'm no not, big not going to do throwdowns. I'm not a throwdown coach. He must have thrown 10 million balls, right, in the yeah. next two years I was involved. Well, but what I loved about Buey, um, he's six foot five. Yeah. He used to throw him, but he'd chuck in the odd bouncer. Yeah, so he'd yeah, actually yeah. pin people. Yeah. So I, that's one thing I loved about Buchanan. Um, and when I was at the academy, the guy mm. I took over from John at Queensland, um, Bennett King. Bennett King, yeah. One of his great ideas was no throwdowns for the coaches. The players must throw to themselves. Well, so guess what? We got less of them, but there was better quality. Yeah. Well, I, I, What are your thoughts on that? And then also what... What about you, throwdowns? Were you a throwdowns guy? Uh, uh, I was at the start of my career because you just felt that you needed to hit balls, which is pretty important as a batsman. You wanted to feel comfortable. You wanted to know that you were hitting the middle of the ball. Players these days are very much repetitious beasts. They feel that they just need to do it to feel comfortable. And the one thing that I talk about or explain to people, and I said this to Rahul Dravid before we played the Rajasthan Royals together. Rahul hadn't played cricket for about nine months, and he was very nervous about going like into a, the season. Like a Mr. Cricket sort of guy, he needs to, <laughs> preparation has to be just. He was right. exactly that. You okay, know, Mr. Cricket, typical uh, Indian batsman batting for three or four hours in the nets just to prepare for a test match or a game. And I said to him, "Mate, don't worry, nothing no. changes. It's all computed in your mind." All you have to do is see the ball under the middle of the bat a couple of times and you're ready to play. Yes. That's it. Get the ball in the middle of the bat. He probably needed about seven days and he was good to go. He w- walked out first game. He was facing Mitchell Stark. Oh, jeez. Just wandered a few through the mid-wicket region. Yeah. Don't we get too straight the, to the wall. Nah, we were none for eight off the first over and he was off and running. And what about you? Were you? Did you have many throwdowns or would you like to, to face well, the bowlers more? I don't think Bowie ever threw to me. I, actually, what about a I can't remember him talking to me, actually. But no, anyway. no, probably didn't. No. Not, <laughs> unless you, not unless you're in the team. I think he only ever threw to Punter and Gilly. Not unless you're in the team. Yeah, uh, the what about Victoria? Did you get many there or were you more? No, we, I was more facing bowlers. Uh, for me, I wanted to just feel under pressure in the nets. Um, throwdowns are more of a bit feel-goody. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I caught up with a bloke on the weekend and uh, he had this to say about you. Harris, a legend of Collingwood Cricket Club and probably noted as the best throwdown artist in 
Cricket Victoria history. Harrow, um, I believe you threw a lot of balls over your time for Victoria. Who do you think took up most of your time? Oh, there was one clear favourite in that one, uh, Flem. That would be uh, Bradley Hodge. Uh, he's the rock. Philology reports own. Yes, I believe that's correct, yes. And what was his process? His process was pretty simple. He'd walk into state training. He used to pull out two brands spanking new kookaburras. Not sure where he actually acquired those ones, but they came out of his bag, and he'd just toss them to me, and he'd say, are we on? I'd say, certainly, my friend. Let's have a go. And what was the average time of throwing? You know, just five minutes just to warm him up a little bit? Oh, I would... Give it a good half hour to an hour, I would have thought, most of the sessions. So um, no, it was entertaining. I'd be trying I know to that you enjoyed it as well, but probably the, the highlight of your throwdown career, and it was a majestic career, was when he got 200 against South Africa. Um, and obviously a phone call from Hodgie to say thanks for all your work. No, I'm not sure he's got my phone number in his, in his thing. I'd just rock up there. No, I wouldn't have thought so, no. And no. so he got 200. What did you get out of it? I got a really sore elbow. I got probably a couple of thousand bucks worth of treatment into my elbow and my like, and probably a recurring shoulder injury for the rest of my life. And what do you say to the young kids that go out there? They're not that good at cricketers, but they want to be a throwdown specialist. What do you say to them? Don't throw it, Hodgie. Don't do it. No. Or, you, or, or you throw them with the, the side armour and you get him in the elbow. Oh, there you go. There you go. Like it. Thanks, Harrow. <laughs> <laughs> Hodgie, how do you respond to that? It's a good guide. I... Look, all I can say is I was long. I was there long enough. Before. Another two newies. Yeah, and, and you went. It's on. It's on. <laughs> Game on, son. Uh, I used to treat it as a bit of a competition. You know, if you're still throwing, I wanted to be tested. Um, but look, forgive me if I didn't call him up. I'll, I'll go through my the rest. Is that free shoulder reconstructions? I'll go through the rest of my 24 teams that I've played for, and I'll give them all a call today. Thank him for a wonderful effort hey, they've given me over this year. Hey, and you know. Guess what? You know what club he's associated with? Melbourne Renegades. Oh, Harrow, start warming up. Keep it coming. Hey, that was our guide too. What about our poll question? Uh, our poll, I sent it out on Twitter with Bradley Hodge going back to the Renegades this season. Which is his likely fourth big bash mm, team? Yeah. Perth Scorchers, Sydney Thunder, Hobart Hurricanes. Guess who won? Don't know. You're off to Sydney, mate. Oh, good. I Sydney like, Thunder. Yeah, it's a nice Got time nice to go there so, at... Um... Yeah, I'd like to hang out there over over summer. It's Two years cool of the Renegades, and yeah. then if we can get you there, that'd be great. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Well, that's it, mate. So thanks a lot for um, going through it again. Well done on the signing, Melbourne Renegades. We're looking forward to on Channel 10. I'm surely we're going to have you mic'd up again, aren't we? Yeah, uh, possibly, yes. Yes, I Ooh, hope we that... We haven't agreed to uh, that yet. No. Do you want me to get that done this get week? Get that done. I thought okay. I was very good for your production there. So let's very try, and, let's try and get that Who's going to be your Billy Stanlake? That was the... Who's yeah. the big tall guy that you can Dunno. take the mickey Look, out a bit? Well, I'll have to try and kick Finchie out first. So Finchie's the captain. I'll have to I'll have to spear him so I can take the reins in a few games and see how we go. Yeah, Finch will be playing for Australia. So um, that's the biology report. Next time we'll know the team. I think it's getting picked later on today. So yeah, we we'll can't be, wait. We'll be previewing the the first test uh, between Australia and England. I can't wait. Getting a lot more subscribers mm. on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yep. Some good reviews. We're getting people are helping us with yep. their social media Aren't self it's been So great. be careful tweeting and Instagramming out there. Dob in your mates. Okay, Bevo. Take us away. Thanks, Michael. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Only hate the road when you're missing home. Only know you love her when you let her go.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.